0: La 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 la. la. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. You're gonna like this. What is it? A birdcage? No, no, no. Don't shake it. We're gonna have to open it now. It won't wait till Christmas. <laughs> it's a puppy, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, it is. I can tell. It's a new car. <laughs> oh, honey, would you dim the lights, please? Sure. Dim the lights, Dad. What does it do? Glow in the dark? It's important. Trust me. Go ahead, open it.
1: Oh what is it? No,
0: it's your new pet. Come on, Barney, be a good dog.
1: You're kidding.
0: Dad, it's it's really neat.
1: Where did you get this?
0: Oh, some little junk store in Chinatown. Can I pick him up, Dad? Sure, go ahead. Just be careful, you gotta be gentle. I
2: will. I hope he's housebroken. Hmm. Oh, isn't he cute? Has it got a name, Dad?
0: Yeah, Magwai. What? Magwai. I don't know, some Chinese word. I just call him Gizmo, he seems to like it.
2: Welcome to Cinema 9 Podcast with me, Travis Roy, Eric Branstrom, and Mike Gauvier is not joining us today. We are happy to have our friend from Mike's sister show, Is It Safe, Luke Horlbeck. Hey, Luke. He's muted. He, this is his first time podcasting. Welcome to the world of podcasting, Luke.
0: Did we mention he has another podcast? He's on
1: regularly. <laughs> uh, thank you for having me, guys. <laughs>
2: What were you saying? I don't think I heard. <laughs> uh, Audio trouble? Uh, how you doing, Eric? Good to see <laughs> you, man. Travis, how are you, man? This is what podcasting feels like. I was starting to forget. It's this yeah. is our second in six weeks. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's true, man. It's true. Yeah. spaceship kind of lands. Holiday lands. schedule.
2: Yeah, we we do what we can when we can, right? Uh, it's good to be good to be doing here, and we're t- today going to be talking about gremlins. From 1984, which uh, Luke was kind enough to choose and kind of to fill uh, Mike's shoes today. Mike is elsewhere. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Luke, are, are you guys on hiatus over there? At is it safe podcast right now? Or, or,
1: uh... Yeah, we're, we're on hiatus. And then we, we discussed doing some, some guest hosts and yeah. we've just... So we're going to have my brother on actually, which, which actually should be a fun, fun show. I think he's been, I know, I think he's been chomping at the bit a little bit to like jump in and be a guest host at some point. And so this is the first time, first time it's like, oh yeah, it's like a a boulevard of uh, unbroken green lights. Let's do this. (laughs) Awesome. That's cool.
2: Um, Eric, how you been? Anything going on with you? (laughs) yeah Yeah, you're fine can you hear me
1: yeah
0: yeah computer just like went dark me yeah oh i'm getting two hours of sleep uh blood pressure skyrocketed back on cholesterol pills i'm doing great yeah life is life is fantastic
2: sounds good for you i have i've had bronchitis for like the past two weeks so i i uh i'm able to speak again which is nice it's been i've been really sick that's
1: Hmm. that's what's going around I, I immediately was like, "Chris, we got COVID." She was like, "We don't have COVID." I was like, "We do." First of all, I don't understand why you're worried about. It. I understand like why there's still the stigma, but it's bronchitis. Well, it's literally, what it is. Yeah. It's like it won't go away. I've got this nagging fucking cough. It's, yeah, that's 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 two my, weeks.
2: Two weeks. That's I'm at like 12 days. That's my that's my conclusion. I went and got tested because I had to get you know to get a fucking second day off work, I had I to have a doctor's note. I'm like, okay. But, you know, that was expensive. <laughs> two, two days. <laughs> Ooh, big, oh,
1: two big rest days. Right.
2: <laughs> but, um, you know, at any rate, so I went and got tested, and it was negative for everything, like COVID, RSV, both flus. And I'm like, well, all, all that's left is viral bronchitis, and I'm pretty sure that's what I've, what I've had. So yeah. for that reason, you know, I don't know about you, Eric, but for quarantine viewing pics, I mean, I have like a million movies. I was sick. I, w- I took two days off work. There was a five-day vacation for Thanksgiving. There's been multiple weekends. I have a lot of movies to talk about. Um, so we. I'm excited yeah. to
0: jump in. Like I'm fine, but my entire family is sick. Angie has like pneumonia uh, and bronchitis. Like it's like like it's like the fucking black. She's sick. Warrior. I'm sorry to hear
2: that. Yeah, you know this is. It re- I thought I had pneumonia. It was like it reminds me of when I had pneumonia. It feels like it, but. It's not fun it's, it's been a very sick time in the world in the country
1: so well,
2: why don't we I also and jump in I, and yeah talk
1: movies? yeah and i also i ripped through like a fuckload of movies on hulu just like you may also like and i was like yeah fuck it just kept watching one after the other and i went into my like i, I can't find my watch history oh that's a bummer so you don't know you have no idea what you watch that's why i write it all down in my, well in my i watched yeah, I watch a lot of stuff called like uh, I the memory. Invaders, the the Standers, the the Movers, the Shakers, the Quakers? Destroyers. I don't Fameristic know. There's makers? just like it's a bunch of a bunch of titles that that don't. Yeah, it, go ahead. I'm actually going to see if I can look that up while <laughs> you guys continue on with you, your uh, you. You combobulate yourself. Um, Dude, completely. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking nailed
2: it. I uh, I watched a lot of movies. I'm not going to talk about them all. A lot of a lot of holiday movies. Uh, I'll try and stick to like new movies from 2023. I checked out Leo, the new Adam Sandler uh, animated feature for for kids. Thoroughly enjoyed it. If you like Adam Sandler movies, this is this is uh, this is fun. It was it was cute. I liked it quite a bit actually. I checked out Blue Beetle, which wasn't bad I'm I don't regret not seeing it in theaters but I was definitely entertained by it if you like if you like you know superhero movies if you don't like superhero movies then don't fucking watch Blue Beetle and keep your mouth shut about it but otherwise it's gonna be up your alley um one of the main recommendations I have for this break I was looking forward to this documentary for for some time the Little Richard documentary I am everything I thoroughly recommend checking this out you don't have to be a fan of Little Richard. If you like music, if you like history, if you like knowing why the world is the way that it is in some small way, you know, um, Little Richard's one of the most influential people in American history. And he, doesn't, and he didn't get enough credit when he was alive. And he's not got enough credit since he was dead. And this really does a great job of illustrating the importance of him in our popular culture history and his role in helping to create rock and roll. It's just really, really good. Definitely recommend it. Did they get get into
0: like the final years when he kind of dismantles that persona? I mean,
2: that's partly why he's so interesting because the dude was so tortured. He was so back and forth between being like a gay icon and being like an evangelical. You know, he was, um, Mm -hmm. it's great. It's really good. There is some really like over the top kind of like these magical things that they install. There's just like, oh, Jesus, like enough with the fucking special effects. But other than that, it was really good. Um, speaking of special um, effects, I was entertained by Haunted Mansion, the new, you know, the Disney one. It was a little long, but it was fine. If you like, like, I, you know, it hits that sweet spot of like the frighteners for me. If it's if it's spooky and ho- and like family fun, but also like just a little too spooky where you're starting to be like, uh, is this okay for kids? That's like the sweet spot for me. That's where I really like it. And so I enjoyed that. Um, Genie, the new Apple movie was fine with um melissa mc what's her name melissa mccarthy as a genie uh christmas movie called genie i don't know if that's a great marketing ploy but you know, there you go it exists i watched this <laughs> long <laughs> fucking movie with warren Beatty in it called reds from
0: 1981
2: oh talking know, about Reds? i don't know three and a half hours of my life i feel like i've, I've watched it for this show i'm gonna at least mention that i watched it we're apparently yeah. not doing the episode anyone that was like hey where's that reds episode apparently it's not coming. So (laughs) sorry about that. Put it right up there with me, myself and Irene. (laughs) I never got around to it. Uh, another holiday movie, new one with Eddie Murphy called candy cane lane. It's getting, it's getting, um, not great reviews, but I gotta tell you, I kind of enjoyed it. It was a little long again, but it has like this kind of like, um, almost a horror element to it. Like a light, again, light family horror in a Christmas movie. Um, very light, but it's kind of there. It was entertaining. What can I say? I saw Scrooge from 1970 for the first time. I'd never seen the musical version before. I loved it. Albert Finney is a great Scrooge. Totally dug that. I did my regular check-in on Daddy's yeah. Home and Daddy's Home 2. Um, my last two Two rec- regular, hold on,
1: Your regular check-in. Oh, yeah,
2: once or twice a year.
1: Regular a fan.
2: yeah uh well yeah, daddy's home no, i like the first one daddy's home 2 is a, is a christmas movie so and it's and i actually think i like that yeah. one even better than the first one to be honest so uh i definitely would recommend daddy's home 2 especially this, this lovely holiday season um i loved elemental the new pixar movie i loved elemental i thought it was i thought it was really good um you didn't like it eric um, Hated it.
0: <laughs> hate it. I loved it, it so it. much.
2: I, I didn't watch it again the next day, but I thought about it. I thought the effects were great. I thought the story was engaging. I, I really enjoyed it. That you're that you're like rolling your eyes and looking angry that I like something that you didn't like is upsetting to me. I don't understand this response at all. It seems overly emotional. <laughs> wait till I get to Blue Beetle. <laughs> I mean Blue Beetle was <laughs> Blue, I mean, jump in when we're talking about it. Why wait? You know, just jump in with me. What, <laughs> um I, I thought Blue Beetle was, no, was, was again that. just Dumb entertainment. and But Elemental, I thought, was pretty elevated. I, I thought it was really good. I'm surprised he didn't like it. And lastly, um, the last thing I, I enjoyed this, out of the many things I'm leaving out, is Leave the World Behind. I can see some people not digging this new Netflix feature, um, but I think it's a thinker. I think it's one of the scariest movies I've seen in a while. Um, I think that it's one of those movies that I and I was it was a little slow as I watched it, but it stuck with me. I've thought about it over the last few days and grown to like it more as I've as I've thought about it. I definitely enjoyed uh, Leave the World Behind. So that's a a film and not a like a little. That's that's a new film with um, yeah, Julia Roberts, Mahershala Ali,
0: and Ethan Hawke. I saw that monster cast and. I was gonna get around to it until I heard like it's one of these Obama Netflix movies that he's producing. I it's I
2: just the way he's he's, a, he's the executive I producer, it. but that's I mean, there's kind of a political element to it. But it's not like he's like uh, wearing a tan suit through the whole thing. If that's what upsets you,
1: <laughs> you know, it's funny is everybody brings up this tan suit thing. Uh, I've I've heard other podcasters bring it up multiple t- I don't r- remember this at all. I, 100% I, remember. It I 100 remember
2: I don't. I don't 100, even
1: understand what the whole thing was. Well, anyway, what the thing it, was is that this he, isn't the. It's not the right. Well, pod real quickly
2: me. since you brought it up, though, he he wore a tan suit for a um for a live TV appearance, and like Fox News and other commentators are ripped it apart like how unpresidential he was to be wearing a, a tan suit, and that was that's it. That's that's the story. So uh, what about you, oh, Eric? What are you? That's the
1: least threatening he's ever been. The threatening part of him is when he's being presidential. Okay, we, it's again not the right time.
2: Okay, uh, anyways, save it for your podcast. Uh oh, cut Mike off, mute him. All right, uh, so Eric, what have you been watching? Uh, I tried, yeah, I tried watching
0: Elemental like three times and like I just could not get through the thing. I'm like, I, I don't know what it is with Pixar, like. I can't put my finger on it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm kind of tired of like the blob characters mm. they keep showing. Like, and I'm also like, like, I'm like Pixar. I, I'm not racist. I'm cool with diversity. You don't have to keep showing me these worlds where all people, quote unquote, can get along. But that, what, wasn't, it, that wasn't what it That wasn't what it was message? though. I mean that literally was. I mean, what was it? I'm sure it could be I mean, many things, but that was a pretty overhanging arc that all, everybody should get along from all quadrants of this. I mean,
2: world. I think there, there's okay. There's there's some of that there, but to me, it was more about the the story of it being like an immigrant's child and like trying to like uh, adapt to a new country as like a as a first generation immigrant. That's what it seem to be about me. I mean, like, you know, someone getting used to like a new culture and all that kind of stuff. And like, starting to get outside of the norms of uh, the culture that their families brought into the new, you know, new country, that kind of stuff. I don't know.
0: Okay, I mean that's not that far away from what I'm actually saying, but it, it, I mean it's a good message. I just feel like it's getting a bit redundant. It's, I seem, I feel like I've heard that same message over like three Pixar movies now. What you the know, fuck is what this? Is, here? Uh, is,
2: is there plumbing going on? Is this? Is that
1: somebody's plumbing? Nothing. Hold Nothing on, in my house. Here. I don't. I didn't hear
2: anything. It's not me. Sorry. Or it's not Eric. Is it? Well, now it stopped. Anyways. I gotta make a note of this so Mike knows to cut this shit out. But there's like some crazy fucking. It sounds like a goddamn airplane <laughs> taking off over yeah. everything.
0: Like a jet engine flying through.
2: Anyway, um, I don't know. I, to, to be honest, Luke, it sounds like something in your so house. To you me, breathing. Hold on. There's. Hold on.
0: Hold. <laughs> is it, your mic on something oh, like a stand oh or a metal? Oh my god, metal thing. It's. Is your baby up? And is your baby a machine?
1: He's figured it out. Oh my god. It's my, yep, yep, it's the, it's the man, it, it's my uh, baby cam. I have the volume turned on. There we okay. go. Does that sound Much a lot better. better?
2: Yes, thank you. There was definitely, it literally yeah. sounded like a
1: fucking oh airplane. Oh, my God. I told you, I've got, her, I've got her on the monitor right now. I'm watching her. And I also have the volume on. Keep it <laughs> eye. Well no, yeah, no, yeah. no, it's, just, it, it was up a little high. It was up a tad high. Okay. Um, yeah, Cobweb I checked out this horror movie oh.
0: Cobweb, I don't know why It's like the same shit like, I mean, Lizzie Kaplan, you know, I'd watch her Cook Spaghetti, <laughs> but The movie's just not there for me It's just not there yes. for me, we got a dumb cartoon monster At the end that wastes all my time Shaking my head, I'm like, what the fuck is this <laughs> Can't recommend it um, I, I did honor the passing Of the great Matthew Perry by enjoying On Tubi the Ron Clark story <laughs> he plays like this teacher it's like from like 2002
1: what is that let's, let's what is that noise again hold on hold on is it me? Yeah, I'll just turn it all the way down. Luke, go on mute. Turning a, it down. Us. <laughs> it's all down. It's turned all the way down now. Luke, mute yourself. <laughs> okay. Jeez, do I have to mute myself too? You know, I already turned down the you, thing. Probably. I turned down the thing. I think it's probably. Are you still like, hearing something? No, no, no I don't and hear yet,
0: it. And yet, Anytime the description of a movie <laughs> is damn. like white teacher goes to the inner city to try to like save the class that are running a buck, I'm there. I told you this many times. Uh, Yet you um, haven't seen. Ham- there's so many examples.
2: Yet you haven't what, what seen Hamlet
0: too. Oh no, I haven't seen Hamlet too. But if that's the description, I'm there. Uh, this time it's Matthew Perry who's got to go to the uh, East Harlem uh, and get these kids in gear, and it's like a made-for-TV movie. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like it's fun because like those are always fun because they're always the exact same. Like he goes in there, the principal's like, I know you had a lot of success in... like. Pennsylvania but you don't know (laughs) where the fuck you are like these kids are insane and then like he gradually teaches them and you got your mandatory like you like you like rap don't you well Shakespeare was a (laughs) rapper like in every single one that scene happens and they're like bullshit he's like oh yeah you ever heard Macbeth and then they go all into it that happens it's so dumb and like Macbeth is like a fine actor you're talking to like one of the biggest fools Russian fans of all time but like he's bad in it he's bad in it God rest, though. No, and, right. uh, Godspeed. It is a, it's a good American story, but <laughs> they just keep telling the same story. It's ridiculous, but fun. I, I'll watch any inner city te- uh, school gets run amok and needs help from
2: white savior a teacher. Yeah, did. I, I didn't yeah, want, want to, say, to it, say it, but <laughs> I, I think I was heading in that
0: direction. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Anytime a white teacher goes into
2: Harlem to teach, God, I'm there. Mike leaves and we go full Joe Rogan.
1: <laughs> I mean, it is It is the quintessential American story. I mean, become it a voice savior and then die of uh, opioid addiction because of a back problem. <laughs> that seems about right. Getting very meta with this. What? Uh,
2: did you watch anything else, Eric? That's not meta. That shit's real. <laughs> That's what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, sure. Suspect starring Cher and Dennis Quaid from 1987. Never even heard of it. But I saw Cher and I hit play. So I watch anything Cher's in. Mm. It's not good. That's why you it's never of it. It's not good. It's not good. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> She's good in it, but the movie's awful. Uh, A lot of Columbo. A lot of Columbo. I'm back. Mm-hmm. I'm back. So that's going to be taking up the majority <laughs> of my time. <laughs> and Jeepers Creepers. Jeepers Creepers. I never saw Jeepers Creepers, but I saw... Uh, what's that guy's name? Justin yeah. Long? Yeah. Like scream, like anytime Justin Lawson. I can't take credit for this, but like Angela says this all the time. She's like, "You want like the best scream queen of all time? Forget Jamie Lee Curtis. Forget that. Hmm. It's Justin Long, because he's always the victim is, in a horror movie, and he's always really good at playing a victim. Holy shit,
1: movie. that's so good because Barbarian mm-hmm. was one. I'm sure you guys Barbarian? already talked about that. Yep. We had a whole uh, episode on it. Also- yeah, Just, yeah, yeah. Oh, you Creepers did. Scrapers. Okay. Well, I watched House of Darkness. That was one of the Mm -hmm. the weird movies in the ether of my memory here Mm -hmm. in the last, like, Mm -hmm. month. And he plays just the... Asshole. Fucking smarmiest... Same asshole in every movie. He plays this... He does, but he he plays it with a little bit more nuance where I was kind of like, you know what? This guy is... He's convertible. Like, he isn't necessarily the, like absolute demon that you, I don't know that you might expect him to be in order to be like devoured uh, <laughs> alive, which is what happens at the end, of course. But okay. it's, you know, it's another one of these like uh, kind of faux proto-feminist, uh, you know, depictions of uh, feminist power that that basically takes somebody who's a misogynist and like that's yeah, it well uh, it's
2: Neil de Neil de Butte, right? So he's gonna be flipping. It is he, that's it what he is. does, is
1: gender stuff. So oh. And that's I feel like that's like all he does. Mm, a little bit uh, Yeah. kinda. Right? Which is fine. I I mean it was not a bad it was not a bad movie, it just wasn't really that that great. Yeah, I feel like um, Yeah. But Justin Long actually is an awesome fucking dupe and idiot and mm-hmm. he's fucking perfect at it. Oh my god, he's so good. <laughs> uh Harper <is> out, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, Harlo, I'm Harlo. so Harlo. sorry, I've called you your know. daughters
0: by the by the wrong name. Oh, and Goosebumps, justin I watched, watched that too. I
1: tried to oh yeah, goosebumps. Yeah.
0: yeah, he's he's in that and it's horror and he screams a lot. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, your wife is a hundred percent correct. Uh pretty much the scream queen of our generation, mm-hmm. which is fucking awesome. Actually flip the gender, man. Let's go for it. All right. Uh The, what else did I see? I saw. Okay. So, saw house of darkness. I watched, uh, uh, cobweb. Okay. Eric, I watched that as well. Oh, I'm really Jesus. glad you brought that one up because it was just like constantly thrown at me in, in the app and i was like oh fuck. all right fine i'll watch it <laughs> uh not not bad i i just felt like uh atmospheric pretty cool uh the the creature kind of ending of it is is pretty dope in my opinion but not i mean the movie is just like it's just there's nothing to say about it i mean it's kind of like a ghost house story that that is all very much like kind of uh familial and and family oriented so there's really not much like there's there's not a larger point to be made um not a lot of arguments to be made And, and i think that's one of the issues that we're getting at with a lot of the you know the acceleration of production of so many different films that we're just not hearing a lot of decent arguments. Uh however I did watch Your Next and I thought Your Next was fucking sweet. Mm. Did you guys Mm -hmm. watch that? Yeah we did a whole episode on it.
0: Yeah we covered you did you actually did an episode episode. oh man I
1: love that movie. Dude that movie fucking rules. It does and that that to me like you know when I look at House of Darkness as like a kind of proto-feminist film I look at you're next. And I'm like, no, no, that actually is way more on the feminist fucking uh, rails than yeah, it's it's fucking awesome. And so I loved it. And uh, God, I have watched so many movies in the I don't know what it's been. Maybe the cloudy weather. I've watched so many fucking movies. I can't even remember what they're called. Um, What is Good God no this <laughs> the winter isn't long enough to watch Reds again. <laughs> Mike, you owe us one. Winter <laughs> is coming is what happened when I watched Reds twenty years ago. Oh, and God. it was enough. Thank you, Warren Beatty, for solving all of our problems. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Hey, so, there was well, there was one I can't. This is we read. it has um sorry 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 no, that's okay it's, you're it's not be, this isn't your this, will be, this will be super quick no go ahead it go has ahead. um it has martin um who's the dude from uh silicon valley uh martin star martin star is yeah. martin star is is it intruders is it invaders is it did you guys see this one where they they uh they basically break into the house of a woman who is a she is uh afraid to go outside
2: agoraphobic
1: she's agoraphobic and so they break into her house because she's supposed to be at her brother's funeral but she can't leave her house she's too afraid to go to her brother's funeral even though she was planning on it oh okay well Uh, that uh... one was actually pretty dope i can't remember what it is because i can't see on hulu what i actually watched they're like you've got a problem uh we can't show we can only show you the last five movies Uh, that's like 20 movies back
0: I love how we live in a world where there is a new David Fincher film available to <laughs> us on Netflix, and no one's bothered. I watched to like thirty watched movies. It. Killer.
2: What the fuck? I watched is like this? thirty movies. Yeah. I. Okay, how is it? It sucks. Oh no. Maybe that's why oh, I didn't watch
1: it. I'm afraid it's gonna suck. Fuck. Yeah, it is. It's it. going to suck, and you're probably going to be annoyed. Uh, our buddy Brian Madison really oh, no, I mean, have serious... heard, heard. people love it. Yeah, Madison I, liked it. I don't agree. I disagree.
2: I'm yeah. I'm gonna watch it, but I gotta be in the right mood. I've been watching mostly. I mean, I haven't really. I didn't really talk about it, but I've been watching mostly Christmas movies and shit. That's what I've been watching. I'm not in the fucking mood for people murdering each other, unless it's a full on like full blown horror movie, and then I'm really on board. Because um, that's what I like this time of year is horror movies and Christmas movies because I'm an extremist.
1: Yes, oh, Violent Night, watch that too ah, It's on
2: my list, yeah No no spoilers, <laughs> I'm Night. still going to watch okay. that very soon
1: No spoilers, no spoilers at all Violent Night was definitely worth the watch Awesome
2: Cool Alright, well, so we've definitely watched a lot of movies And we also watched Gremlins from 1984, right? Um, should we get into it? Yeah. All right, sure. <laughs> we'll um, do what, how do we? How does our podcast go again? Do we start with the? Uh, I have no uh, idea. The, we, guessed first, right? we guess the rating first, right? That sounds right. I, I guess so. the rating. All right. So what, what do we think the rating is on this American fucking classic film, <laughs> Gremlins, on IMDb? <laughs> <laughs> Six point
1: eight. I mean, if it's a barometer of like what I think about America, I think they probably don't like a movie that's a fucking masterpiece. So um, (laughs) I'm gonna assume four point one. Gremlins? I'm gonna say seven point nine. I'm kidding. Yeah, it's it's probably like seven point three. It's seven
2: point three. Which is lower than I would have guessed.
1: Not even. It's not even over eight. Yeah. Seven point
2: three. I thought was gonna. I thought I was gonna be closer to eight. 7.3 is what it is. Um, Oh, wait. Then we have to go to Rotten Tomatoes, right? Uh, This is the part that Mike always handles. Okay, good.
0: Yeah, I got it
1: up. I got it up. Mike enjoys this.
2: Critics are
0: happy um, at 88% positivity rate. And Richard Corliss, of course, says, uh, Wildly Original Roller Coaster Ride of Hilarious Mischief from Time Magazine. Peter Travers... Right. He chimed in. Uh, here's the season's most delicious and unexpected surprise. <laughs> Despite the horror flick title, Gremlins is a movie of wicked wit and startling invention, and it has heart. That's at least a match for the special effects. But not everyone's happy. This guy's <laughs> pissed. This guy, this guy is pissed. Vincent Canby from the New York Times. <laughs> Canby <laughs> Gremlins sucks. Gremlins is far more. Yeah. <laughs> Gremlins is far more interested in showing off its knowledge of movie lore and making random jokes than in providing consistent entertainment.
1: He's this is I love I love the idea of this man sitting at the uh, in the theater taking notes, being like, "I was not consistently entertained." <laughs>
2: I'm not his, having this his glowing, his glowing <laughs> pen in his, in his clipboard in 1984, just furiously scrawling. <laughs>
0: Roger Ebert, the legend from the Chicago Sun-Times. At the level of serious film criticism, it's a meditation on the mythos of our movies. Christmas, families, <laughs> monsters, retail stores, movies, boogeymen. At the level of pop movie going,
1: well, it's sophisticated Witty B movie. Dude, it is it the most... Uh, I, I actually watched the Siskel and Ebert episode from Remnants, Okay, And it yeah, was 84. just that it was also that bad. It was also just that limited and ignorant.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay.
2: All right. Uh, yeah. Elaborate. That, I didn't find that limited or ignorant. I thought that was kind of, I mean, uh, a good observation <laughs> that the movie is covering a lot of pop culture ground at once. <laughs>
1: Sure. I think it's, it's limited, I guess, or maybe shallow. And that, that is where Ebert goes. Like that's his, it's not always his uh, raison d'etre, but um, <laughs> it's essentially, it's essentially where he, it's where he goes a lot. It's where he surfaces. Well, media um, studies
2: is kind of his thing, right? So, I mean, he's gonna.
1: Yeah. He kind of, he sticks to, he sticks to like the the really bland uh, inoffensive uh, I I hardly say what he's done is critique. Every once in a while, you'll catch a critique of his where you're like, "Oh shit, Uh, he's actually trying to crunch the numbers here." But no, not not in something like this. And I understand why. I mean, whatever. Luke, go
0: watch that YouTube clip of Roger Ebert at Sundance, standing up and screaming at the top of his lungs uh, at a particular movie that's trying to make a very very salient point about American culture. He is fucking pissed, and he brings up an excellent argument. Even with his like uh, world famous standing, it, it says everything about man, dude. I don't know what you're talking about. Like this is somebody who has championed the underdog, while at the same time like stomping on the excesses of. Hollywood and its very own consumers for,
2: forever, man. Right. Each Ebert's the best. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's second only to Dessen on this show. Disagree. Yeah. Yeah. But uh to each their own. Um, so you brought this show or you brought this movie to the show, Luke. Do you remember the first time you watched oh, it? Oh man.
1: Dude, uh this was just in the ether for me as a as a child. It's definitely it's always nostalgic when I watch it. So there's always that like that connection to me where there's like it and unconditional love or an unconditional experience and every time i watch it i do get it like a a different experience and like this time this time around watching the the torture that poor gizmo goes through just really broke my fucking <laughs> heart it made me it made me so like upset it yeah. made me so fucking upset oh my god Same. um But I also had to remind myself that this is, you know, from Joe Dante, you know, a dyed in the wool uh, socialist film film director who is (laughs) is like trying to tell us that, like, hey, don't let the cuteness like uh, don't let the cuteness fucking blind you. Like the problem is the, you know, the status quo here. Yeah. So I, I think that's like I think that's kind of like the jump off for like the reason why I wanted to even have this movie on here and, and have this conversation. And uh Joe Dante, he also is always big
2: on uh well not always, but for the most part big in his films on using like um these nature allegories and like uh like the ways that like humans are um you know, the hubristic towards nature, and then nature ends up, like, one-upping them and fucking them up, um, which is, like, most of his movies, <laughs> um, which is fun. Um, Eric, Piranha 2, want-
1: uh, you yeah. saw, or not Piranha yeah. too, but pra- Piranha, also, Piranha uh,
2: Um, Because Piranha, Piranha 2 was James Cameron. Yep. <laughs> but Piranha. Right, uh, Piranha, <laughs> um, what am also- Piranha? Uh, yeah. Howl. Matinee, howling is howling. what I was trying to think howling. of. Howlers, all Howling. time great. Howling. Yeah, Thank yeah, there's a there's, although there is a decent oh. werewolf movie called Howl. Uh anyways, so yes, yes. yeah. Um <laughs> I don't remember the first time I saw this movie by any stretch of the imagination. It's just like it's baked into my life. You know, I was fucking four years old when I saw it. Uh I was four years old when I saw Phoebe Kate say to the screen, There is no such thing as Santa Claus, and I guess I just kinda glossed that one over. Thanks, thanks, yeah. Phoebe. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep, done some great things for cinema. That's not
2: one of them. But uh, yeah, kids across America watched that movie and, like, bought the toy, ate the fucking cereal. There's no Santa Claus. Anyways, Um yeah, but it's just kind of always been there. But, man, I've not seen it in a long, long time, long time. What oh. about you, Eric?
0: Yeah, when my dad first brought home a VCR in uh, 1985 – the first two movies we had on that first Magnavox blank tape were Back nice. to the Future and Gremlins, and they were worn out. They were worn out, but, I mean, eventually, I'd i watch Gremlins 2, the new batch, probably 500 times more oh. than the original because it's so much better. But, yeah, I return to Gremlins every year. This is this is one of my go-to Christmas oh. films.
2: Dante didn't do the second one, right?
0: No, oh, he, uh, yeah, he did? Yeah, he did the second yeah,
2: one.
1: For sure. Yeah,
0: definitely. He didn't want to. That's why it's basically like a big uh, middle finger to the Hollywood studio system. But it works in I guess so
1: I many to, different I ways. Um,
2: I wouldn't say I it's
1: uh, exponentially better, but it is... Uh, they are they're two... Like, it's very different. It's very different and for good reason. It's very much a comedy perfect. where
0: this is almost strictly. They're horror. both perfect.
1: <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> also cool. this is it, this <laughs> yeah, is the first one's a horror movie.
2: Well, this is horror, but it's Spielbergian horrors, you know, and not like yeah. not like Poltergeist Jaws horror, but yeah, it's more like um you know, the more campy kind of fun side of, of like the E. T. side of horror. Wait, well, like Poltergeist has a dude ripping
0: his own right. face. This is this is mid 80s Spielberg going through divorce, making Temple of Doom, producing this and Poltergeist. He's a, a pissed off Spielberg that's in his very very much dark side. So he's doing a lot of yeah. grim shit, fantastically.
2: And this is a pretty grim movie. I, I should have done like a body count. I mean, I'm like, they like, oh yeah, like people die left and right throughout this film. I totally forgot about that shit.
1: There are, yeah, heads being, uh, yeah, the the scientist, <laughs> the, uh, the the uh, the scientist who takes takes the blood from the the gremlin and the gremlin steals his turkey sandwich mm-hmm. or whatever. He's She's like at two
2: a.m. and doesn't finish. Yeah, I'm just going to eat they, half
1: a sandwich at two a.m. Then walk away from it. Anyway, after you were told, <laughs> like everybody else, do not. Feed them after midnight. This guy it just wakes up in the morning with his head under a under like a Bon Marie or something, and his l- body sticking out, <laughs> which you can only assume means his head is fucking gone. Right, but you know, we
2: don't know because Billy doesn't even bother to check on him. Like, oh, was this a dead man on the ground? I guess I'll just move on with my life. I mean, he does like have to like escape the, the gremlin <laughs> at first, but like he has a he has a minute to be like, Mr. Billy... Hanson, are you okay? <laughs>
1: Billy, the dumbest shitbag in all of cinema. God, damn. and <laughs> and I think I think that is where I think that's where like I always really wanted to. This one reason I really want to talk about this movie all of the fucking time is that like Billy's the bad guy. These are the this is like Joe Dante's little touch. It's like if they're supposed to be the heroes, there's supposed to be some kind of redeeming quality about them. Other than just their pure innocence and naivete. The Mogwai's who or Billy? No, like Billy and Billy and his like family and their middle class like little status quo life. Like you know, the mom using the blender as a weapon. Also, all the checkup weapons are are great. Yeah. The, the swords that they oh, introduced in the beginning, the swords. blenders, like all the yeah, all the appliances. It's fucking fantastic microwave yeah oh it's fantastic but yeah he is he's a fucking dimwit who who uh you know just immediately fucks up all three rules like like within like 24 hours yeah they don't get through two
2: nights i don't think you're right about that i mean i I like that it really does i think um try and take responsibility i mean he has that whole inglorious bastards moment Where they take out like all of you Mm -hmm. know, and there would be a lot of them. All of them, and so I think he, I think he does see that he made a mess and is trying to to fix it. And I respect that about his character, and I respect the screenwriters for having, um, you know, him not finally be the one that like seals the deal. That it ends up being Gizmo that saves the day, which gizmo like you know from the start when like you, you get the sense this is not gizmo's first rodeo this has happened to him before he's like oh fuck here we go again with yeah. these things These fucking assholes um so i, I like that he gets <laughs> to be the hero and i and i and i get your point that like they're middle class whatever have you um they i don't think that they're the bad guys but there is a message that's trying to be sent to us which is like don't fuck with what you don't understand. Uh, Don't, don't fuck with nature that you don't understand. Don't fuck with some sort of species that somehow evolved to not go in the sun or drink water. How did this thing get to this point of existence? I don't know. Not exactly evolutionarily, biologically,
1: but but. (laughs) no, yeah, no, it's, that's, um,
0: and and how can they walk on snow constantly? Isn't snow? Like, I know water. water. I was
1: thinking that while I was driving, <laughs> I was like, I was like, wait a minute, the snow really causes
0: uh, the beer either. that they're drinking constantly. The they're smoking, snow. I mean, that's a whole another thing. Like the the gremlins are hilarious. like every time I watch gremlins, and and I I always turn to Angela. I am like, you know how you always wonder what we do at the feast? <laughs> like, watch this movie. This is pretty that's much it. it. Like when the gremlins are fucking taking over Kingston Falls. Like you talk about the parents and. Kingston Falls in general, these people like the Mrs. Deagle character is the perfect way to kind of have someone that needs to be punished and have this dark cloud come and punish evil people. I don't think there's enough bad people in the town to warrant this mini apocalypse. Mm -hmm. I think you could have done a little bit more with some more of these characters to make them deserved because it is a mean spirited film uh, toward a lot of characters that just don't deserve it, and it's always mm-hmm. more pleasing when someone deserves some comeuppance, but pretty much everyone besides Mrs. Deagle is this Capra-esque dipshit just smiling their way through life And love. that's the point, right? Because
2: um, Kingston Falls is, is Bedford Falls, right? It is. I mean, it's like she's supposed to be Mr. Potter, right? This is what's taking place. Yeah,
1: right. But there, okay, so who does who does Billy blow up in the theater who blows all up all the gremlins. all the gremlins every the, gremlins, the main threat every gremlin gremlins. but Stripe. Okay. but here, yeah, here's every, the every, every here's here's joe's dante's um fucking genius and why he's like the the script comes in from chris columbus guarantee you this mm-hmm. script did not have any of these like details it, it <laughs> Joe Dante takes it and makes it into something different. Very similar to like history of violence, even though like the guy uh Josh Olson who wrote that mm-hmm. is a is like a true died in the died in the wool like lefty that I love. Um uh Cronenberg made that into a movie that was actually watchable. Uh Dante Dante takes the the gremlin story uh the gremlins the gremlins are us i mean the gremlins are the audience i mean the the whole idea of us being in the theater watching hi ho hi ho it's off to work we go it is the working class sitting there uh repeating and singing (laughs) the work along song that has been produced for us and being distracted and and uh stripe is the only gremlin that is like Like observing the observing, like how the disorganization on the left is actually like creating a is like allowing basically all of these gremlins, they've already been partying, partying down at a a Dooley's Tavern or whatever it's called and now they're over at the movie theater and then they get fucking baked by by billy and billy is all proud of himself for killing a bunch of fucking working class uh working class gremlins who (laughs) just are there they start off working class what are they They fixing
2: what are they working on their gremlins are fucking shit up
1: they, they start off mischievous they are uh, not allowed to see light. They're not allowed to be fed after midnight. They're not allowed water. <laughs> They're more locked. Uh, the second they get, the second they get any resources, what do they do? They fucking multiply and they start to organize. And that is a fucking story about like the working class being stomped out by the cute little fucking gizmo and his, uh, you know, and his his little <laughs> Billy and whatever the fuck like. <laughs> That is that is the story Dude. of Gremlins. That that is why this is a, this, this a, is actually Gremlins a great companion a piece to Red. Yeah. Gremlins Upton Sinclair's
2: a, Gremlins. <laughs> um,
1: it's not Steven Spielberg. The okay. only reason that Gizmo like survives till the end is because uh, Dante apparently in the the original script or in Dante's original version, uh, Gizmo was also turned, and he was likely supposed mm-hmm. to be like the stripe character, but mm. uh Spielberg loved the way he looked and he was too cute and all that and they wanted to sell merchandise that he said he needed to stay till the end of the movie. So Dante was like, all right, fine, we'll figure this out. They only had so many puppets left in order to kind of make it happen. But they, you know, of course accommodated Steven Spielberg, what the hell are you gonna do? Uh they made Gizmo way too fucking cute. So you can't can't kill him off. Right but he was also <laughs> supposed to turn into a gremlin so i wonder what that movie would have actually looked like and is gizmo marxist would have been a full workers revolution okay yeah. right. not like not a trotskyite <laughs> got it. well because look look the uh what usually what usually happens and one of the biggest the biggest problems like this is actually a perfect movie for now like that was a great allegory in the reagan era it's an even better one now because the angry gremlins are the people on the left that are pissing off everybody on the liberal (laughs) center who like are are terrified that we're going to ruin the election for you know joe biden for instance and just to make it very topical and put a pin in it and it's absolutely true though there in the beginning of any type of social movement what you have is essentially just anger frustration And you have uh, mischief. You have all of that. And that's what they're doing. They're just fucking around with the appliances. They don't know what the fuck to do. They have no organization in the beginning. Stripe comes around and he starts to organize them and brings them together. Then they all get fucking bombed, like in Vietnam, which is essentially where like Dante's coming from in 1984 because he was a very huge critic of like the Vietnam War and understood like napalm and all that and that is that theater fucking explosion scene is basically the extermination of a bunch of working class gremlins.
2: So uh Dick Miller um yeah he pops that, up yep pop it up we got we got Dick Miller Dick
1: Miller man <laughs> RIP uh,
2: Yep. yeah love to see him and yeah I think a good example of someone who who gets set up to get killed and there's no real reason for it. It is kind of uh, hates foreigners. Kind of a bummer. But yeah, he, he really does. Uh, he's all about that Kentucky harvester. He's really about buying American, mm-hmm. which I guess is kind of a class thing. Yeah. Okay, sure. Um, sure. And let's
0: talk about how gremlins were first introduced to the world in World War II yeah. when they were trying to take down America's uh, B-12 bombers.
1: Yeah. yeah not that- it's ethnocentrism, which what you see with uh, Dick Miller. He, he doesn't understand... Uh, he, he understands that there's he doesn't like something that's like foreign made, uh, a foreign element in his life. So what he's lost is he's lost that sense of solidarity with anyone else. He has become a nationalist. <laughs>
2: I love how um, um, at, the, at the bar, Phoebe Cates is like serving them. Like they showed up and she's like, oh, everybody else them. is like getting murdered or, or like running away screaming. Yeah. She's like, well, my solution here is clearly to just keep working, run up a tab, <laughs> listen to Peter Gabriel's <laughs> Out Out, which is like the only place you're going to hear that song. Yeah. And. Um, yeah, and, and then just suddenly decide like to make a break for it. But it, again, that's also kind of an inglorious bastard scene, a uh, bit of a Rathskeller moment there, kind of stuck in there trying to get out until she's broken out by Billy. And then, you
1: know, um,
2: and th- then the, yeah. they really
1: set that place off, don't they? I mean, the, the gremlins really like that place. Uh, it's a depressing dive. And then all of a sudden you get all the the working <laughs> dudes in there and they go they're hog yeah, wild and start turning it fucking they, they got paychecks that shit. They got overalls where, where is the work yes. that they are producing that day? You're talking day. About? day, day. What is
2: their production? <laughs> what are they producing? <laughs> you keep on talking, talking, hey, talking about them labels. Start, start,
1: start, start talking about the science of uh pupilism (laughs) uh, between gremlin to gremlin between wagwai to gremlin Uh, mammalian (laughs) yes yes we're we're mammalians Um, I don't know know where to jump in here
0: I mean I think Luke you may have uh, I mean you may be you may have turned me around I mean I've seen this movie a thousand times and I've always felt uh, it's about the same thing which is the irresponsibility of parents in the the uh, seventies and eighties. I that mean too. I think it's clearly that. The gremlins are teenagers. Uh Gizmo is an innocent child and teenagers terrorize children. Teenagers that are unsupervised and not being taken care of, i.e. uh the rules are not applied yep. to them in a convincing way, they're gonna run amok and destroy yeah. you. I mean I think it's pretty that simple.
2: Fucking theater scene when you when it pans across and you see all the gremlins freaking out in the movie theater Find me a teacher that hasn't looked at that scene and went, "Oh, there's my classroom." Oh, God,
1: because I, I sure. They're watching. <laughs> what are they watching? They are literally watching the Seven Dwarves sing, "Hi ho, hi ho, it's off to work it's, we go." It's
2: the beginning, of and the they are
1: laughing their fucking asses off, and then they get blown up. <laughs> they do. They get blown up. Although
2: I love that they first okay. they, we had that moment where they're like going where they. know they had that moment of tension where they're all like trying to rush through the screen at them and like scratching the movie screen all up and that's Mm -hmm. a a fun moment
1: they're fucking great that's that's like the plato's fucking cave like that is like a perfect example of plato's cave which is something that uh jane campion does in the the piano which is you know you've got like the uh aboriginal or the, the people that are indigenous who are not used to seeing film or seeing projections at all, and they start to think that what's on the screen is real.
2: No, they see, uh, they see is, Billy and what's her name like behind the screen, and then they chase them after then because they're trying to switch reels. And um, they, oh
1: yeah, that okay, you're right, you're right. That is true. It's, it yeah. is different. It's Sorry, different. Jane Campion. No, yeah. don't, don't be everybody watch the piano still amazing I, I've actually never seen it um, But perfect anti-colonialist film it's uh, it's brilliant
2: I have seen Gremlins quite a few times uh, I do remember you talking about like wanting to do Gremlins on this show the first year that this podcast started you were like do uh-huh. you guys ever yeah, do Gremlins yeah. I want to get." I, on and this you know is the diatribe you had locked and loaded ready uh, yeah the, 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 <laughs> the working class gremlins and their invisible production yeah
1: yep. <laughs> man Very it's gremlin. it is uh also we we forgot to talk about like just how amazing thematically the like the motifs are like the way the music starts yeah. like popping off in the beginning like the teen 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 like just little teasers like <laughs> along the way and then when they get in that bulldozer the uh, what is it? The Kentucky Feister, Har- what's it the called? Kentucky Harvester. Harvester, the Kentucky Harvester, man, it just jumps right off like the whole bulldozer going through that fucking home is incredible. And I think what's really genius about Dante in this is that similar to uh, similar to a critique I've heard about Verhoeven he's willing to make a movie that makes it seem like it's the other, it's the, the people you're supposed to cheer for are the actual villains. And the reason I think the gremlins are monstrous is because that's <laughs> the only way you sell that shit to Hollywood. And it's the only way you sell yeah. it to a fucking audience. I think that, I- but what they are is they are a, like, they are marginalized group that has, uh, that has never seen light. That doesn't get fed, that doesn't have water. And, like, if you give them those resources, they will pop off, they will multiply, they will become an actually potentially organized uh, source of.
2: <laughs> okay. is, is, So we all have our lens that we're seeing this through. And for me, it's an environmental one, right? It brings me back to, like, your point earlier. But that would also
1: be... Brings me back to your point earlier about
2: the pain that that they were causing. So to to agree with you to an extent about perhaps the the gremlins being protagonists, not working class. I don't fucking see that at all. But um, about them being Uh, protagonists. Hang on, please, my turn. Um, (laughs) There is this... uh, The fact that, like... They're getting hurt, right? The the the, the Maguire are being hurt throughout. They're being poked. They're being deliberately. Even Billy pours water on Gizmo at one point, knowing the agony it's going to cause him, and all that kind of stuff. So I think that an argument can be made that the gremlins are like the final fruition of that like carelessness towards nature and that the, the humans are reaping what they sow. Um, so I, I can see that, but at the same time, it's hard for me to watch any movie and be like, well, these are the good guys. They're the ones murdering people because reasons.
1: <laughs> so I, I no, uh, I, I love your, I love that because in the end he does say, what does he tell him? Um <laughs> You've taken all of nature's gifts yes. and this is what you do with it.
2: Yeah. And I think that's, that's, that's like, okay, now I'm going to lay him down. Here's, it is lay it out. The whole, this is the message of the movie. You, you can't, you don't have the responsibility to, to deal with nature and you're fucking with it anyway.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're, you're. Thought process and thesis is palatable. I mean, I was worried that you were going to draw a comparison to the Wuhan lab and <laughs> shop. You didn't, and I'm glad. Based on it, might be it might be there if you want to make that comparison.
1: But you, you know, we're not going to do that. Uh, we just there we are just some problematic. Let's just just
0: there are some problematic like mysteries of the Orient shit still yeah. going on in 1984 here yeah. mm. uh, that I remember well, like, being fun, and now I'm like. Come on, this is getting a little bit. But like, as far as things being dated, like uh, the like the standout for me is just how and it, it always surprised. I've seen this a million times, and I am always surprised just how cruel the film is. It is fucking cruel. Is. Like Gremlins are armed with fucking guns at like ten points. Yeah. You're not seeing this Chainsaw. today. This comes out today, and it's I'm I was sitting there, and I'm like. What does this look like if this comes out today Mm. it's it's a completely different movie with different threats i mean the gremlins aren't smoking they're not drinking (laughs) they're not (laughs) shooting people the threats are going to be like hacking your tiktok video it's going to be fucking so homogenous miss deagle
2: is not going to be threatening threatening to put your dog in on high heat on the on the dryer to kill him like that's hardcore No,
0: and she's going to get like slime dumped on her head she's not going to get thrown out a window at 300 miles an hour that was
2: and that's not uh, the worst thing you know that that um, we've gotten to a place where kids aren't necessary aren't necessarily exposed to like uh prote- you know characters smoking and drinking and uh, threatening violence towards animals. Sorry, Luke, you're gonna say no, yeah, no, no, I no that's
1: that's fucking perfect. I actually and I was like I had to make a note like towards the end like there are like weird talk tracks at the end. It's like uh, Mister Deagle was a convicted stock swindler yeah which is yeah. Fucking hilarious yeah, just throw that in there uh sure. yep, swindler just throws that right out but they 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 use riot language to talk about yeah. uh the what happened in fallsville or whatever the the place King, is called mm-hmm. Falls, yeah. they use they use mass hysteria and mm. and again like the way i the way i would even think about this is that you know, this is the story that the people of Fallsville would tell about the gremlin situation. They That's that's how they would refer to it. They would talk about it in a way that we all like probably saw it in the 80s and rooted for, you know, Gizmo and Billy. Uh, we would probably be in agreement with that, but this is not like the the film that it's not the film that i saw and i and i I literally uh i think it was very intentional i think it was very very fucking smart and i tried to find so many different ways to i tried to find dante talking about this honestly and i couldn't find a goddamn thing other than like three Ooh. or four clips that like this is youtube man like I found like three clips of him talking about it and they were all less than like three minutes long. Yeah. And he talked, he talked about who owns a gremlin. Somebody owns a gremlin.
2: Some
1: (laughs) dickhead owns a gremlin, but like, you know, the rubber doesn't really hold up. So someone's got a gremlin. Uh, Mm -hmm. and then he talked about nothing. It was just nothing, nothing, nothing.
2: Um, we need to mention this is, uh, we've yet again, got one of the Corey's on this show, Eric. We've, bounce pretty back and forth we from do. having either Corey. Oh, shit. What is this? Yeah, we got Feldman on here. And I love how, uh, you know, Dante reuses a lot of the same actors. It's not just Corey Feldman and Dick Miller. Did you notice that in the credits Nikki Cat was credited as one of the kids? Yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> I bet he's the kid that threw yep, the fucking paper that. airplane is my guess. <laughs> Even <laughs> Nikki Cat I shows up. Um, Alright, do we have any other points that we want to mm.
1: bring into this before fun. We wrap things up? Fun little factoid, Mm. while I was working at a video store in New York City, uh, Phoebe Cates once walked in and bought, bought a DVD of Squid and the Whale. (laughs) <laughs> oh wow which we've okay. also done on the show jesus we've done a lot of movies. which my which my like co-worker first of all he was like trying to get my attention he was like throwing stuff at me under the counter baby like gates, look, the fuck, look the fuck look 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 yeah this is like 2005 and mm-hmm. and then he is talking to her and he's like oh you can't get a you don't have copies of this in your in your house because she's married to kevin oh, klein God. and it was her son that was in Squid and the Whale. So she came into our video store, bought a DVD of Squid and the Whale, which her son was in. I, fr- I didn't really uh, it was just time. It was just like odd. Yeah. It, no, I didn't either at the moment. Like, uh, he was just like trying to get my attention. It's funny. And uh, and I, <laughs> I saw her like kind of like on her way out. I saw her whatever. But Phoebe Cates, man, one of the greatest of all time although
2: i will say that her soliloquy in this movie has had almost as much impact <laughs> oh shit negative, we didn't even
1: talk about it
2: has, has it's had almost as much mm-hmm. a negative impact as uh what's that fucking wilderness that wilderness movie, white wilderness movie with it made everyone think that lemmings killed themselves but it wasn't true um the, a, a completely false bullshit a depression that, that people kill the themselves around holidays season. bullshit we all grew up thinking it was real because we saw it in one movie
1: ridiculous wait 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 no i Okay. Um, well I one hundred percent thought that was true. Yeah, I will <laughs> I will look into it, uh Travis, if you have if you have links for I, people who I don't are have suffering I don't during have stories, this time, uh... you should definitely include that in the show. Make notes. a phone
0: call if you're struggling. If you saw Gremlins and you're
1: struggling, make that uh, phone call. If you're struggling with like really important things, call a complete stranger on a phone line and see <laughs> If they walk okay. you back from the ledge. Mm. Uh, sometimes Higher they do, so it. definitely do that. Yeah, yeah. Do, do do that. Um, definitely fucking Cinema do that. 9. I mean, Actually, call you know, us. That. Call us. What's going do on we over... have a number? No, call, call Luke. <laughs> <number>? Yeah, call <laughs> me, dude. 917-484-0611. Class. class Working
2: Class
0: <laughs> Gremlin.
1: Gremlin Class.
0: <laughs> Visit workingclassgremlins.org for more information. <laughs>
1: That like the- here's the thing it's it is the it is the uh portrayal of the gremlins as being terrible that is absolutely <laughs> in line with the way that anybody who is middle class looks at anybody who is not middle class and that is how you know it is uh, you know you're literally just dealing with uh, a a real sense of like that ethno or chau- chauvinism. You're just dealing with chauvinism, class chauvinism.
2: Well,
0: hmm. okay. you know, I miss I miss Joe Dante like like his string of his succession of films going into the mid 90s. Oh, I miss his good you know, movies. I, think, <laughs> I don't. I think Matinee was the capper, but like every single one was amazing. I think Matinee was the last good one.
1: Yeah, Small Soldiers, it was the small it fucking Space Jam, or something. No, he did Jesus Small Soldiers, Christ. and I think that was. Small yeah. soldiers is amazing too. Oh, okay,
2: well I didn't really care for it, but I haven't seen it in a long time.
1: <laughs> all right. all right That's a next yeah, let's do that again. All right.
2: So um what do Love you think, do. Luke? You brought this to the table. What are your Oh one hundred
1: percent absolutely uh holds up. I still think it's a uh, masterpiece and I, I still think it's Definitely one of the only uh, seditious films that came out of the 80s, especially <laughs> under Steven Spielberg's uh, watch.
2: So you're giving it and it holds up?
1: 100%.
2: Yeah, I'm going to do the same. Uh, I don't think I had any intention of thinking anything otherwise. Um, it's fun to do this show because most of the time we're like, hey, does it hold up? But around holidays and especially with guests, and especially if we're doing a holiday movie with a guest... It's just like, let's just watch a classic movie we love. So, of course, this movie fucking holds up as we knew that it would. (laughs) Eric, what do you say? Yeah. Oh, I mean, there's no
0: question about it. It was good to revisit it and talk. There is interesting stuff to talk about within the Hmm. movie. Like Joe Dante's one of the. He's definitely not the first, but he's he's one of the um, kind of big league Hollywood directors that. Uh, really made a big attempt starting with *Twilight on the movie in his it's a good life segment to kind of blend zany like Tex Avery Chuck Jones style mm. animation with live mm-hmm. action and to me i mean th- there's no mystery here the gremlins are cartoon characters come to life it's it's what would happen if cartoons were real i mean they would kill us i mean this is before Roger Rabbit R- Roger Rabbit did it like if animated creatures were real, they would fucking kill us, and they would be insane. And I think this is what he's trying to do. He's trying to make a fun movie. It's mean spirited because it's the fucking eighties, and everyone's out of their mind like cocaine. <laughs> and Steven Spielberg's pissed. it up. <laughs> but he, he's he's trying to he's 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 trying to blend animation with with reality and show us the consequences of that in an interesting way. I mean, I would never show my kids this until they're like. Well, I'm gonna, I'll am i take a step back. I think it's healthy to show kids scary things to prepare them for the world, but I mean it's severe, and you really have to be careful if you don't want kids seeing some crazy shit here, but that's kind of the cool thing about it. I mean, the design of the Gremlins is, is, is out of this yeah. world, and this guy, Chris Wallace, who designed them, you never really hear from him. I looked him up on IMDb. He's been doing nothing. He's still around, and he's been doing nothing for like mm-hmm. 25, 30 years. Mm. He takes what's really interesting to me, and I've always loved the fact that Chris Columbus, he set out to make an interpretation of the Kelly Hopkinsville incident in 1955, where it was said that these fucking gremlins took over this barn in Kentucky and the designs based on like what these fucking people in the hills drew, they look exactly like Chris Wallace's gremlins. They look like Hmm. that. And that generally genuine, that that gradually morphed into this story. But design of the creatures is cool, and the the energy of it. He's he's got like um, he takes a lot from the uh, Invaders episode of Twilight Zone, one of the best, uh, and it it's just got so much life. I I love the movie. It's a lot of fun to watch. It's it's mean as fuck. <laughs> okay, Gremlins two is not like that, and Joe Dante swallowed a big pill. He I think he doesn't do a lot of interviews about it because he doesn't particularly care for it because when he came back and he was forced by the studio in a picture deal to make a sequel, he kind of did the opposite of what Grem- Gremlins, the original, was doing and kind of turned it, into, flipped it and he turned it into a complete comedy uh, and tried as much as he could to poke fun at everything that, that the studio was trying to get him to do to put a big horror comedy picture into kids' In, in, into theaters with kids in them in 1984. And you can't forget, this is what started PG-13. We didn't talk about that. Gremlins and Temple of Doom started the PG-13 rating because of its
2: extreme... Violence. Oh, I didn't know... Gre- I knew Temple and of Doom. Like, but yeah, and yeah. yeah, and he resented that.
0: Yeah, and he he resented that. So he said, "If I, I'll come back, but if I'm going to do it, I don't want to frighten children. I
1: want to make a fun movie. I think there's uh, a reticence is, is there not a renaissance uh, to just acknowledge that there might be something bigger at play here with Movies like this uh, with with Dante. I I know that we got to wrap it up, but you know, uh, Gremlins Gremlins (laughs) One is it holds up? Okay, me too. Gremlins One is a socialist fucking revolution. Gremlins Two is is anarchy, and you can see that it's very clear and it's very fucking important. And Dante's very explicit about it, but it's very hard to find him talking about it on YouTube. So. I hate when I know something,
2: but I can't find sources to support that I know it. I know.
1: Uh, <laughs> shut the fuck up! <laughs> Come on, you didn't know that he was a—you didn't know he's an Italian socialist.
2: Dante? <laughs> he's been on that tip for a
1: minute. Yeah. Is he Italian? I mean, like Italian American? You mean? Jesus Christ! Yeah, uh, dude. Uh, all right. Uh, we'll we'll talk about that later. Everybody do your own research. Uh, I will pull up uh, articles and maybe send them to you. Uh, you, you don't have honestly, to do the that. only thing just... I
0: know about him is that
1: he be- he came out of Mussolini's eyeball. That's there you the go. only fact I know about him. Well Mussolini was a fascist, that's right wing, so uh, you know, mm-hmm. not quite what he's talking about. He was
0: about. a student of the great Roger Corman, and there's a shitload of Corman in here. Yeah. This is there's a
2: shitload of Corman a lot of, a lot of horror camp comedy stuff going on for sure. Yeah.
1: Yep. Um, yep. For sure. No, he's just a friend of the fucking working man. That's that's all you really need to know. Yeah. No. I. I he loves human beings. I <laughs> have picked up to, on that. Although he you don't need to fight that fucking point. <laughs> I'm not.
2: I'm not funny at that point. I. I do. Th- I do think that he uh, critiques human beings approach through nature, as I as I said to reiterate
1: that one more time. He 100 does. Yeah, it's absolutely correct.
2: So, we uh, are. Coming back next week, we have a guest host again. Your co-host over at Is It Safe Pod, and again, check out Is It Safe Pod um, with Steve Guile, who will be our guest host next week. But if you, you can get more of Luke, you can get more of Mike. If you want more Mike, uh, and and then Guile, of course, uh, over there at Is It Safe? Question mark. Got to type the question mark in for that podcast. And uh, uh, Guile has picked a Christmas movie. Frankly, it was the one I was hoping he was going to pick. I'm like, I know that, nah, I know that he's going to come from left field with some wackadoo fucking Christmas movie because we asked him to pick a Christmas movie. And I'm like, I bet he picks this movie from 2010, this Ooh. Ooh. horror Ooh, gee, comedy nice. Finnish film, as in from Finland. We were doing the cult classic Rare Exports, A Christmas Tale from Finland. I'm really excited to do this. Uh, I I watched it a couple years ago and talked about it on the show. I wish that Mike would be able to be there uh, for it. Luke, you're familiar? uh i he told me to watch
1: it <laughs> and i never actually did now, so now you've got like, more motivation to watch i'm it. gonna watch i'm watching yeah. that this
2: week i'm excited to revisit yes, it and that's what absolutely. that's what we're going to be doing next week so thank you again luke for for joining us uh yeah. really appreciate you being the third t- uh you know pole in the tent we needed you and uh yeah all right we miss you mike and uh happy holidays to everybody i think that's about it right <laughs>
1: Hey, guys, thank you so much for having me. Thank you,
2: Gizmo Kaka.